This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy. Hi, everyone. I have the pleasure of introducing Isabel Bart to you today. I consider Isabel to be one of the uh, leading experts in terms of data digital strategy and just wanted to hear a little bit more about Isabel's thoughts, not only on data, but strategy and, and really technology. And so I'd love Isabel to share a little bit about herself and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges that individuals have with data, some of the fears, some of the um, solutions and things like that, that I think will be helpful for individuals to refer to and be able to hopefully reach out to you if they have questions. So Isabel, if you can describe, you know, what you do in your background a little bit for the audience so they can get to know you. Thank you, Tracy, for a great intro. So my name is Isabel Bart. I'm currently the Marketing and Communications Director at the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, which is a professional association and a nonprofit. I also serve on um, boards here in Orange County and some local organizations, uh, Chakra DVD Lab, Project Access, Cancer Kinship. So I really love uh, volunteering a lot of my time for strategy, marketing, digital strategy. Um, in my current role, uh, shortly after I started at ASCN about eight years ago, I was tasked with building a digital strategy for the organization. So a lot of what I've done over the years there is this digital transformation, which is not only um, you know, website and, and digital marketing, but also cross-functional collaboration and working with others and building the cases for, um, you know, for business and what you're trying to achieve. So interesting. So what did that entail or what did you, what type of initiatives did you work on in terms of collaborating or coming up with a digital strategy? So we have a very collaborative approach to the work. And so there is a lot of um, education and, um, you know, I love, of course, the use of data. So um, over time, I've used, for example, what I would call uh, data, data nuggets to make um, kind of my audience aware of some of the things they may not know, right? So for example, talking about a website, you may know that a lot of times your traffic doesn't come from the homepage, right? When you go on Google, for example, like a lot of different pages are indexed and ranked. Um, so for example, if someone approaches you and say, oh, we really need to pay attention to the homepage and put all this work into it, then that may be true, but that's a perfect example to say, well, let me show you some data, right? Let me show you where the traffic goes, what are some of the highest ranked page. And for us, this is critical in our building our strategy and where we want to put our effort, for example. So, um, you know, we've also, after implementing that new website and digital strategy, we had a record year in our level of membership and certification and the for, you know, the organization is 50 years old. So since 1969, at the time, we had never seen such growth in membership 
and wow. certification in a, that year. So we knew we did something right. But again, we were trying to really understand our audience better, integrate the system that go with it. And really, um, again, you have to think it as a whole, right? Database, you know, marketing work. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like one doesn't go without the other, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think what's interesting is you just noted that it was your record year when you guys specifically paid attention to the digital strategy and looking at the outputs of the information you were gathering as individuals were interacting or coming to your website or other, what other technology usage was there aside from the website? So it was actually a very large endeavor because we were, um, most of our business is really web site based. We don't have, you know, locations or, or such. So transactions happen mostly through the website. So there was a huge component of the backend database and we changed actually the database vendor. We have um, a database that's made for association management kind of out of the box to start with. And then we have a lot of customization to do. Wow. But from, um, we also started using a new CMS for the website, um, Sitecore in this case, and, you know, just say the names, for example, but I don't have any, any incentives to with these companies. Um, but the idea is eventually they can really build in behavioral analysis and predictive behavior, which is really, we are not there yet, but we started looking into that. So understanding the persona and the audience mm-hmm. on the marketing side, kind of the, our approach has changed over the years in being, again, more segment, at least, or persona-driven than we used to be, let's send everything to everybody at the same time. And I think uh, the big shift with digital, that's not always easy to convey to um, folks who may not be in the marketing world, because when, when there's a perception that you're doing less or mm-hmm. taking something away, people get really anxious about that. So again, it's like un- making, you know, your colleagues or audience understand that, um, well, maybe it looks like we're doing less, but because we're more targeted, because we're focusing on SEO, which means we're going to be there when someone Googles, uh, you know, what we do and we want to be like the first result. That is how consumers work these days. You know, you don't necessarily go to a website and go through the whole website and wonder, you know, what is it that, Um, you know, that they have because you don't have the time, you know, users just are so quick these days. Um, So that was one of the things that we really were trying to, you know, again, to educate, to set our analysts to really look at the data, look at the patterns, seeing what our customers basically are doing. And another example is, again, because we work there day in, day out, you know, we are like so focused on what we do. It's hard to put yourself in the shoes of your customers and think, well, they don't know the website like I do. And we also had a lot of colleagues with the perception that um, customers, in this case, nurses for us, were spending so much time on on the website. Well, when you look at the data, I would say 80% of our audience really visits the website two or three times a month. Ah, interesting. So the data kind of revealed for you like what was di- what you thought was different than what the data revealed, but it also allowed you to change a behavior or change how you operated, I assume, based on that information. Right, exactly, because we also knew that they had very limited time and, you know, user experience is definitely a key these days because 
Um, people have very, very short attention span. So it's very hard to grab attention. So you want to be also very clear and focused to the point. And in some, um, you know, our culture is very thorough, very detailed. And that, again, you have to understand that your customers may not be willing to read 10 pages before mm-hmm. understanding what you're, what they can do. Um, so, you know, the internal cross-functional work was um, a lot about sharing this behavior, this data with other team members so that they would be on board with what we're trying to implement and change. But you specifically, like you said, purchased a database or purchased a technology tool to read that information and garner that, the data analytics. You didn't use like Google Analytics or some of the free tools. You specifically, like as an organization, sought out some of these technology tools. We actually, we use Google Analytics a lot. We also, our analysts, we have a few analysts on staff um, use, you know, traditional statistical analytics tool like SSRS. Um, They also um, use Tableau, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm familiar with to some extent. Um, So we have different tools that we play with. Google Analytics is really a basic one. Also, um, and that may be, you know, an important topic for some of the listeners here, depending on the business they are in. We have a very, um, I would say, um, you know, the business varies a lot in what we do. We have a lot of different business lines. Some of them, like a membership, you know, someone can come in and buy it right away. Um, you know, one click almost and, and you're done. So it's easy to track because if they come from a campaign, you know, like that's the easiest type of, of marketing. But we have other products where you don't, the conversion doesn't happen right away. It may take weeks or months. Some of it may be because it has a, a price and they need to get a budget approved, or it might be, um, um, for example, a standard, um, you know, an award that is given showing that their practice is at that very high standard. So they need to gather a lot of data and information for us to review and, and award them that distinction. So that, as you can imagine, take months. Mm-hmm. So it's very tricky because not everything is, you know, it's kind of like apples and oranges in between well, the things that we do. So, you know, we are very custom in how we track every product or business because we know these differences. We know that some of it will take weeks. Others is more instant. Well, they're so, coming from a different channel, you said, like that's coming from a conversation that they're having with somebody that's not, website directly Mm -hmm. related. Exactly. So some of the attribution model work has been a little bit complex and I'm always kind of challenging our analysts to be thinking about that. Um, Not that necessarily the attribution is key or knowing exactly where they started, but it, it is a conversation we have on a regular basis because we try to understand really the journey is the key, right? Understanding how they progress through the journey so that we can replicate that journey with other customers and understand the most likely next best step, which is kind of a mark. I'm trying to not be too jargony here, but right in marketing, that's really where you want to go now is once someone is doing something, what is probably their next step or why do you want them to be that next step and building your website, building your email campaigns, everything around that. Well, and something you noticed, what you noted too, is it's not just only the systems and implementing the technology, which is supporting 
how you're operating, but it's also like the headcount or the expertise of people as well, like statisticians or individuals that are experienced with the data so that they're otherwise, it sounds like guiding the technology tools and helping to work with others to customize the tools to support you. But how long has this been going on in the organization? This is something that started, you know, post pandemic, or is this something that you guys started a while ago? And how long has it taken to really get maybe the first layer or the first stage of digital adoption, so to speak? Yeah, so we started working on this digital strategy back in 2013, launched um, launched it late 2016. So it's been about four years. And I would say, you know, we've ramped up quite a bit, but even on the, um, you know, automation personalization side, we're probably still really, you know, at ground zero because we have a lot of work and things to implement. Um, on the analytics side, I think we've, we've also built a team. We are fortunate to have an in-house team. So, the benefit of that is that, um, you know, people usually stay in the organization. Mm -hmm. We do a great job at employee retention. So because of the complexity of the business, it's a big asset that, you know, people take time and learn really all the different facets of the business and the different subtleties. I have an analyst on my team who's been there 25 years and it's always amazes me because I will look at a number or say something to her and she will always really bring the insights and, be like, oh, but this is because of the, you know, so many things are are related. Um, and that is, again, I mean, when you have strong analysts, they can really understand, you know, maybe- The nuances the, of the data. I think exactly, the, exactly. The critical, the critical thinking of that data point, so to speak. And that's why I have to admit, we're a little bit cautious in sharing data with others because we, we don't want, again, uh, people to make assumptions about the data. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we are bringing the insights and the stories around the data so that everybody is on the same page and looking at the data the same way. Because I've seen situations where, you know, it's a little bit tricky. Someone may look, let's say, at just one web page mm -hmm. and, you know, look at the Google Analytics and make assumptions. And we're like, yes, I mean, it's not necessarily incorrect, but here is the whole story around yeah. it. And I think analysts have become storytellers more than, you know, data seekers. Well, that's what we do a lot, I think, with our clients is it's like trying to decipher and develop the critical thinking skills around those data points so someone doesn't just eagerly just only act upon that one piece of information, but is thinking more actively about that information that's being provided and things or gaps that are missing from that data point so that they can make better decisions versus oh, well, the data says this, you know, as a machine, we just follow it. That's likely to end up in a bad, bad decision making or such if you don't understand the context for it. So in today's environment, do you think that's accelerated? Because it sounds like your organization took approximately 2013 to 2020. It's been about like seven years. So for anyone that's starting on this journey where they don't have seven years, to you know, start the digital transformation, but really just get into it? Is it possible to do it quicker, faster, and make that leap, obviously in a post-pandemic environment where it's almost like everyone's gone virtual, like everyone's gone to online to reach people because of the limited person-to-person uh, -person interaction. So marketing's changed more to be like predominantly digital now so that engagement is through social media website um so 
how can companies think about it today where they don't have seven years to like just adopt this digital strategy? They have to do it quicker, faster, but better. Um, and at the same time, like, where do they start in terms of looking at tools or how should they think about it? It's a very good question. So my approach will be um, always start with strategy and always start with some key objectives that you're trying to achieve. I know it sounds actually very easy to say, I've seen with many organizations how difficult it is to mm. do. Um, again, do not be scared of, you know, less is better or scarcity, whatever. That's not what it is about. But if you're really understanding what you're trying to achieve, you can effectively pursue these goals and making sure that you have, again, the right integration and the right systems in place. So for example, right now, you know, I'll give a concrete example, but we are pursuing more of a B2B approach, meaning our traditional audience are individual nurses, but we're trying to reach hospital administration, hospital executives more to really build a relationship with them and really then impact many more nurses at once. The thing is, our database is not built at all right now to use, you know, data kind of in a more like what we call, um, you know, workplace environment. Mm -hmm. So it's really individual records. And we are working on that. But those are limitations that can be detrimental to if you can be the best marketeer. And, you know, the problem is when you don't have, again, the data shaped in a way that can bring you inside. So that's what we're struggling. That's what I'm, I mean by if you have a strong strategy and you know what you're going after, you need to connect, you know, with your IT, with the database administration, making sure that whatever you're going to try to do is in place so that, you know, so that it can happen. I'm very practical as well. So, you know, I've worked with, um, you know, team members or consultants who really have the vision. That's beautiful. Like, this is what we're going to do. But as a leader, I feel like I have to be always in between because I need to be pragmatic mm -hmm. in a sense that, you know, the vision, like you said, cannot be five years out. What is it that we can do? You know, what are the steps we can take for that vision today? And if not, let's build a pipeline. But you got to start somewhere. That's also my approach. So if you have limited time or limited budget, just try to assess where your biggest impact can be, right? And, you know, whether it's ROI. Um, so for us, again, ROI is complex because it's not just return on investment from a profit standpoint. It's also return on mission. So we always have this kind of polarity between, you know, making money. Yes, we need to, but also fulfilling our mission. So that makes it even more complex to assess the real, you know, the goals that matter to the organization and how we're going to go after that. But I like what you're saying is like something we always talk about is like figure out what the end is. I mean, even if it is five years, 10 years, but one year, like so that when you know what your end is and what your outcomes are and you work backwards, every action that you take today or tomorrow is aligned with that ultimate outcome is what I like to say. And I think what you're also indicating is rather than rushing to try to take action, right, be very mindful about what it is you want to accomplish first so that you're not just implementing systems or implementing data for the sake of doing it just because you want greater clarity, faster, better, whatever it may be. But it sounds like making sure that it's aligned properly, right? Because if all your actions you're taking today don't align with the ultimate outcome or you're not clear on that, 
all of the resources that you devote in terms of time and money are going to be ineffective in terms of achieving that ultimate outcome. Yes. And I know, you know, as a, I was a former, I'm a former consultant as well. So I always take that consultant approach, which is let's frame the problem before we go to solution. And I think one of the things I've observed in the last years is that it's very much human nature to Mm want to find a solution and maybe be a hero and be like, this is what we need to do. And I've been, again, trying to work with teams saying, hey, let's take a step back. Let's frame the problem where we have or the, the opportunity. And let's be thinking about how we can get there and you, mm-hmm. being more creative. Because a lot of times, you know, um, maybe there is more comfort in f- thinking solution, but there may be a lot of other options that people mm-hmm. are not thinking about because they are not just clear about what they are trying to achieve. So that we always ask that question really in a lot of meetings, what are we trying to achieve? You know, what, and to me, that's really the core of strategy is being clear at that. And so you can really also understand, you know, then how would we know that we're successful, which is maybe your measures. Like let's make sure we have tangible goals and measures and knowing what success would mean. This is the other part that's been a little controversial for us, which is we would like to say, well, if we meet our objective, you know, um, we, we did well, but because we're mission driven, there is always a sense of we can always do better. And I like mm-hmm. that too, but you also have to really be thoughtful around if you're pushing something further, what are you not doing, right? So there is that whole risk opportunity dilemma of, um, you know, let's make sure that if you reach a goal, maybe then you go to the next one and that's how you advance the machine. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think it, you're also managing the mission or you're trying to measure the mission too, aside from like these other result driven outcomes that you're trying to achieve, whether or not it's financial or whatever it may be. Right. And so how do you align all of these different parts together. But I think the other piece that you really highlight is being very intentional. At least that's what resonates with me is being very intentional and organize and plan. That literally is what strategy is, is redefining what that looks like so that you're not haphazardly reacting to circumstances or reacting to um, a business or an organization, which actually has a greater detriment, I think, long-term is if you react to the marketplace and you're always reacting, you're never proactively managing it, but you're not building the infrastructure and the framework for being able to be more resilient as an organization because you're reacting to everything that's an external factor. And as that changes very quickly or things you can't anticipate happen, if you're always reacting to those things, you're also exuding a lot more energy and effort and energy and resources than you really need to be if you were more intentional. So I think what you guys have done a good job is, is even though it's taken a long period of time that maybe for a lot of listeners, they don't have today. Like, I feel like everything's been accelerated. Um, There's a terminology now where it's like the accelerated digital transformation age is kind of what we've entered into. Everyone went from, being in person to virtual and now we're virtual for the last eight months and we don't know how much longer, but human nature has adapted to that. And so now we're working in this kind of virtual reality, so to speak, where things are happening quicker or faster, or we're not even acknowledging time anymore. Right. Um, So 
with that, does that mean that we still react to it or do we pause to your point, take this time to really regroup, think through what we're trying to achieve first, step back, think that through, plan accordingly, and then take action against that. And that may actually be quicker and faster than we think it is because we've been more intentional about that thought process. Yes. And for us, COVID was obviously a big thing, like many other businesses, right? right? Because we support nurses and we were able to quickly, you know, launch a course and do a few things to support the nursing community, which was wonderful. Um, And at the same time, you know, one of the big things I'm working on is really, like you said, going from, um, you know, maybe 80% of our marketing resources based on, um, you know, requests or things that are reactive to really spending about 75% of working on a plan that is agreed upon that we are going to deliver against, which is again, not the way we've been doing that. Also for smaller organizations that may not have a huge staff, I will still caution a little bit against wanting to buy a huge technology stack and thinking technology is gonna solve your issues, right? And for us, yeah. at some point we had bought something for social media and, you know, and then we realized once we brought it in house that it was actually taking almost more time for the team to use the software than the time they were already spending on the work, which we were trying to reduce. So um, I love technology and I'm, you know, a big proponent of it, but it has to make sense for your business. And unfortunately, again, don't think it's going to solve all your problems because, no, there is still a learning curve. There is still, you know, the garbage in, garbage out concept of, yeah. um, you know, you still need to use the tool properly. You know, a tool is again, not going to do everything for you. Well, I really appreciate you saying that because I think that's just it is like we've been forced to use more technology. We've also found in using it that technology is not the savior of everything, right? And we know that in our own hearts while at the same time, I think people are still struggling with figuring out where they go from here in 2021. And so there's a tendency to want to adopt the technology because it gets me everything up front. You know, like you get the data analytics, you get the tool, you get all of this stuff. But to your point, we're not acknowledging the fact that like you still have to learn how to use the technology and the technology to your point, when we started this conversation is not necessarily customized to each individual's particular needs. So just because you adopt the technology doesn't mean that it has everything you as an organization or as an individual need. So I think that's worth noting too is, um, but anyway, I know as we close out, just wanted to highlight a few things. Like I think what you've really, I know challenged me to think a lot more about and hopefully for our listeners is what does a digital strategy look like? What does data entail and what's the best Um, way of approaching that in a very um, mindful and intentional way. And I appreciate you highlighting some of the key things you've learned and some of the key things that um, you and the organization are going through so that many of those that are listening can be aware of that and definitely have follow-up conversations around that. Because I know you and I can talk all day, Isabella, (laughs) data, frameworks, technology, whatever it may be, the world, right? Saving the world in terms of what needs to change and what needs to happen. So I appreciate your time. Like Thank you. And I'm happy if any listeners has any question and want to reach out to me, I'm happy to uh, talk to them. Perfect. Thank you, Isabel. Thanks, Tracy.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as The Mark USA. We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers, eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.